Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk, a show bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. I'm Keith Menconi. Travel. You know, we all say we love it, getting away from it all, heading out into the great unknown. But, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, how often do you really go for it? If, if you're anything like me, when that vacation day rolls around, I, I may say that I'm planning a big trip out somewhere, but uh, more often than not, I find excuses to stay home. And, uh, you know, I think a big reason for that is there's a part of me that's just asking, why bother, you know? Uh, what What's going to be so great about that other place when I get there? I got good restaurants here in my hometown. I've got... Uh, good places to go, good things to do. Why, why, why should I, you know, travel however many miles to get to another spot and, you know, roll the dice and hope that their restaurants and things to do and see are better than what I've got here? So travel, you know, what is the point? That is the question we're going to be taking on on this episode. Uh, and we've got a guy with some answers to that question, specifically answers for here in Taiwan. That guy is Richard Saunders. He is a very experienced travel and hiking expert. And uh, he's just released a new book aimed at unlocking the secrets of Taiwan's many travel destinations. You know, to give even homebodies such as myself a reason to make the trip. That book is Taiwan 101, Essential Sites, Hikes, and Experiences on Ilya Formosa. And Richard recently joined me at the ICRT studios to talk about it. Richard Saunders, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks, Keith, for having me back. So you have already uh, written so uh, much about hiking in Taiwan and the various ways that you can travel. Uh, some of your works that our listeners might be familiar with is Taipei Escapes, uh, Yangminshan the Guide, the Islands of Taiwan, Taipei Day Trips. You've covered a lot of stuff, uh, but this is a little bit different from what you've done in the past. This is not a book specifically about uh, hiking trails, uh, so tell our listeners, uh, what's the focus of Taiwan 101? Mm. Well, the new books, there's two of them because it kind of outgrew its original idea. Uh, the idea of them is to introduce Taiwan, the whole of Taiwan, what makes it special, unique, uh, mm. amazing. In, so a uh, modest goal. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, it, became, it started as a modest goal and it kind of outgrew the original idea. And it's to introduce the yeah everything that makes it special in 101 different chapters. Mm. And so each one of those chapters is uh, another feature or another uh, draw, something to do or see or, or be at in Taiwan. It's a whole combination. It's really experiences. There's some hikes in there. There's experiences like festivals, uh, traditional festivals. Um, a couple of the oldest cities are in there. Um, all kinds of things, natural curiosities, some of the high mountains, the natural history, Aboriginal culture, mm -hmm. industry, the old industries like salt mining and, um, and uh, sugar, sugar, mm -hmm. sugar extraction, a uh, bit, bit of everything that makes Taiwan special, really. And so unlike, you know, what a hiking book might be where you just kind of outline the trail and say, here's what you're going to, here's where you need to go. This isn't just where you need to go. It's also kind of what you need to do to prepare, what you should know about this spot to get the most out of it. Mm. Uh, what, what are the main things you're focusing on here? Um, well, this book, uh, um, in compared with the hiking guides, this book is much kind of meatier. It's much heavier on the information, on the facts. So there's quite a lot of history in there. There's quite a lot of culture about the, the 16 Aboriginal tribes, about the Hakka people, uh, the, the ancient history, the colonial history, not only the Japanese uh, colonial history, but also the Spanish and Dutch time. Um, 
it's, it's much more factual than the other books, much heavier on the facts, on the background information that helps you to understand why these places are so significant in Taiwan. Mm. Let's give our uh, listeners a for example, just so that they can kind of maybe uh, get a better idea of what we're talking about here. Mm. What would be one of the spots uh, that you were that was most interesting to you? Uh, and what did you include in the book about it? There's so many. One of the things that I found most interesting, because I knew so little about it before I began writing, was the Japanese colonial period on Taiwan, mm-hmm. how it all began in 1874 with the Muldan incident, which was uh, when Aborigines attacked and killed some uh, uh, some uh, Japanese nationals. And it kind of escalated into this amazing uh, – uh, Taiwan's recent history is mostly down to that one day when the, um, the Muldan incident, when these Japanese were killed. And, um, yeah, that all – that uh, slowly developed into a, a final invasion of Taiwan in 19, 1895. And uh, the, Japanese, the Japanese period on Taiwan is one of its most colorful and amazing periods. It was mm-hmm. a very difficult period, but uh, there's an awful lot remaining from that period still. And actually, you can discover an awful lot about that period just by walking around Taipei and other cities in Taiwan now. It's a fascinating, fascinating journey over a couple of years to explore that aspect. So you detail some of the features that relate to that period? There's a, there's a fairly long chapter in the book about the Japanese occupation and lots of other bits in other chapters um, about other cities that, that relate to things that happened during the Japanese period as well. Mm. Now, preparing for your other books, uh, the hiking books in particular, uh, probably the process would have been fairly linear, just figuring out how to approach a trail or you know mm. where exactly a trail was mm. what was what did you need to do to prepare this book the hardest thing was what to leave out really like an mm. original draft of the book had um well, had the national palace museum in which uh, which came out quite early not because it's not special but because everybody knows about it but also things like night markets are very taiwanese mm-hmm. and could easily have gone in the book they didn't go in the final book because there's just too many other really special places to include wait wait, wait. so this is <laughs> this is a book about traveling taiwan that leaves out night markets yes might exactly. be the first ever <laughs> well i mean one of the reasons for writing the book is um not to not to criticize size but the the uh, the 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 Taiwan uh, tourist office does a very good job of of advertising the famous places like Ali Shan, Sun Moon Lake, Troco Gorge, Night Markets, Taipei 101. So although some of those are in there but they're only in there incidentally none of them are actually head and center in the middle of the book because those are very well known. This is more about describing the the hidden gems of Taiwan, some of the more unusual aspects of Taiwan that many people don't know about. Both mm. culturally, historically, and natural beauty-wise, in all three areas, it's extraordinarily rich, much richer than I thought before I started researching this book. Right, and uh, so a lot of this is uh, geographically organized, but then you have one section called <laughs> "Aspects of Taiwan" uh, yeah. that has a lot of features that I I had no idea that we had. Uh, what, 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 what's the term? Uh, mud volcanoes. Mm. Taiwan's one of only a handful of countries in the world that have uh, have uh, mud volcanoes. There are some in America. There are some in the Middle East. But Taiwan has about twenty of them, and I, I describe six of the best. They're, they're mm-hmm. really fascinating. An area down near Taidong and uh, Gaoshong that has mud volcanoes and these natural eternal flames and um, badlands landscapes. It's like nowhere else I've ever seen. It's an extraordinary area, but not very well known. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and so what were you focusing on for the, this uh, section, Aspects of Taiwan? Just, uh, I mean, it, it does have a lot of stuff that I'd never heard of. <laughs> right. It's, it's a bad title. I, I couldn't come up with a better title. It's literally aspects of it. So there's <laughs> industrial aspects, natural curiosities mm-hmm. um, that, that wouldn't fit in a single chapter. You know, um, separately, they're, they're quite small, but together 
um, different places uh, put together in one chapter. Um, culture, Chinese culture, um, Jap- uh, Taiwanese opera, Japanese um, <laughs> Chinese opera, uh, Budaishi, the glove puppetry, mm. aspects of Taiwan that don't really work geographically like you can see. Um, Chinese opera in various places around Taiwan, and eternal flames crop up all over Taiwan. So, yeah, it's 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 a chapter of miscellany that really special mm-hmm. about Taiwan, really. <laughs> and so, how would you? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you included uh, Budaishi or glove puppetry. Mm. Uh, how would uh, how did you approach that section? I mean, are, are there places to visit? Are there uh, how, how how does a traveler get engaged with that aspect of the culture? Well, uh, Budaishi is 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 one of tra- Taiwan's most traditional um, traditional arts, mm-hmm. uh, one of its most ubiquitous. So you see it all over the place. But mm-hmm. for Budaishi particularly, it's very easy to find because you can um, go to two museums, uh, one in Taipei and one on the north coast. They're two very good museums that uh, delve into that. But really, any 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 um, big um, traditional festival like Chinese New Year um, and that. Just go down to the local local temple, a bigger local temple, and there's a good chance you'll see Budaishi or Taiwanese opera being performed there. Mm. So they're kind of ubiquitous. They're kind of very much absolutely part of the Taiwanese identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, just the average traveler walking by might not have quite of a sense of what they're looking at. So mm. uh, is uh, one of your aims here to uh, help travelers put that into context? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't understand myself. I, I hadn't been a great fan of, of Chinese opera and Budaishi, so it was a big journey of discovery for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, having to research and you kind of have to understand it yourself before you can write about it. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea, is to put it not in too much detail, but just enough detail so that people can understand it and hopefully begin to appreciate the uh, the sheer artistry of it and just what makes it so special in Taiwan, both Budaishi and, uh, well, opera, uh, Taiwanese opera. Now, who were you thinking about most when you were writing this book? Because, you know, most travel books are probably for people that are just going to a country for the first time, going to be there for a couple of weeks. But, you know, like I said, there's so many things in here that, uh, you know, I've lived here for a number of years. I've never heard of a lot of this stuff. Uh, So uh, perhaps something of a more uh, sophisticated audience that this could be aimed at? (laughs) Well, not, <laughs> not to pat myself on the back too much. <laughs> well, hopefully a more um, – I, I think in Taiwan, a lot of expatriates. So obviously I'm hoping that uh, people that travel here for business will buy it. But really it's for people that live here and for many friends that, that – um, uh, that I've taken out in the past that can't believe all the places that, that they get to see on the trips. For for people like that, that have lived here for ages and still don't really know what's so special about Taiwan. When they bring family over, they always go to the same places and it's a little frustrating because it's so rich, so amazingly rich. And it's really just to show people that that there is so much more than most people understand about Taiwan uh, to see, much more than I even understood. I, I, it was a huge voyage of discovery for me as well. So mm. it's much, much personal for me, a personal journey for me as for, for other readers mm. writing this book. Now, I've read some of your uh, other writings on you know traveling and hiking in Taiwan, and you kind of point out that there's always little details that can really make the difference between a successful trip and an unsuccessful trip. Uh, I, I think in, in one instance, you said, you know, the difference could be knowing about that uh, way station that's kind of tucked behind a 7-Eleven, you know. Right, yes. Uh, what, what, just to give our listeners uh, something of a sense of what they might find in here, w- w- what is really the difference between a successful trip in Taiwan and something that goes, uh, you know, off the rails? <laughs> well, Probably the, 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 the best thing is just to go off the beaten track, which is what I've been doing for ages. Don't 
don't um, don't stick to what the, the to the places that are well known. Um, go off and just go into the countryside. Take a map, take a, a Google map or whatever, and just go and explore these places that no one goes to because so many of them are absolutely amazing. Mm. And also, really keep an open keep an open uh, keep an open mind about it. Because um, before I wrote this book, I was kind of not really very keen on uh, some of the more as- traditional aspects of you know mm-hmm. Taiwanese opera, Chinese opera, and that. Right. It's really important to keep an open mind to it and understand that this is such an important part of Taiwanese culture and to understand the background behind it, not right. just that it's lots of noise, but it has a history behind it, uh, that Taiwan being so rugged mm-hmm. that uh, a Budaishi glove puppetry grew up because they couldn't bring an, a Chinese opera troupe across the mountains. Mm. Where one person would carry his bag with his puppets mm. and then he'd be able to perform all over the island just like that. Mm. Where And, and so Budaishi is, has an amazing history and it's completely linked with Taiwan's topography, mm. which makes it much more interesting than if you're just seeing it on the surface as right. puppets. <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of thing that you would set people up for uh, in, in this book. That was, my big, uh, that was my big discovery with it, which mm. gave me a whole new appreciation for Budaishi. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Right. So, so you know, you're, you're saying have an open mind, go off uh, where people haven't gone before. That's kind of easy for you to say, Richard Saunders, <laughs> man who has been traveling the, 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 the highways and byways and the backwaters of Taiwan for years and years and years now. Uh, but that could be pretty intimidating for, uh, you know, average folk like uh, myself that uh, don't perhaps get out quite as much. Uh, is, a lot, is a big aspect of these books helping uh, homebodies such as myself kind of prepare themselves uh, and, and, and get the information they would need to follow in your footsteps? I, I think since um, many people have GPS now, it's easier to actually find the way around without actually having to speak Chinese mm-hmm. or, 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 yeah, or Chinese. Um, so I think that makes it much easier to get around the island. But really, I think you do have to, in the end, you do still have to have a certain courage to get out and explore. Mm. The good thing about Taiwan now, and I've, I've um, mentioned it in the book, I've gone into fair detail in the book, is that it's much easier to hire cars and scooters for foreigners, but especially cars. So mm. you don't have to be reliant on the bus, uh, bus network in Taiwan now. So it's actually very easy, and they're very foreigner-friendly now to hire out, especially cars. Mm-hmm. So you can get your, get your way around the island quite easily now. Mm. And then, um, yeah, um, GPS, you know, to find your way. It's much easier than, to get around the island than it was 20 years ago. You still need a certain courage to get mm-hmm. out and explore. And more than anything, <laughs> you need an enthusiasm to explore. You need an interest, a curiosity in what's out there. And that's probably the main thing I try to do in this book is to is to show my enthusiasm, try and develop a curiosity in that Taiwan has got an awful lot more than most of us actually realize. Mm. And hopefully once people have a curiosity about what's out there, they'll mm. overcome that initial that initial problem with that initial resistance against getting out and getting out into the countryside mm-hmm. and exploring. Mm. Uh, now, kind of picking up on that point that you were just making a second ago, uh, you have been exploring Taiwan for years and years and years and years now. Uh, and uh, before you came here, uh, you've told me before that uh, you, you, you were already kind of exploring your, your own home country, the, the UK, and uh, you're very familiar with that. But certainly, uh, you've spent years and years uh, getting to know Taiwan and focused on this. What would you say there is about Taiwan uh, that has captured so much of your attention? I mean, is, is, is there something very particular about this country that uh, lends itself to that kind of exploration? When I first um, came to Taiwan, I was immediately uh, captivated by the, the scenic beauty. And it was scenic beauty and the, the, the magnificent mountains were always my main priority until I started writing this book. Mm. But then um, I, when I, after I started researching, I found out that the, the, the culture and the history of the island is also so very special, so amazing. And mm. that kind of 
brings out the island, makes it even more vivid than it was before. And it's, it's, it's a constant discovery. Even now, after writing this book, I'm still discovering lots of new places. There's so many new places that aren't in the book uh, uh, that I've still got to discover, that I've already discovered. And it, it keeps me going back for more and more exploring. And you, you can never really know the whole of Taiwan. Mm. So it's a fascinating, fascinating journey that just continues and just keeps... Uh, keeps me very enthusiastic about the island. Mm. So, you, you know, even though Taiwan, geographically speaking, is kind of a small place, there's, there's a lot packed in there. Oh, there's an incredible amount. I mean, anyone that's uh, – there's no way really that you can say you know all of Taiwan. Mm. Places – people are discovering new places all the time. There's a canyoneering expedition that's actually just been out recently, and they did the first descent of some incredible canyons. They've never been can- – they've never been uh, – never been that way before. Because yeah. they're just too remote. Mm. Taiwan's uh, an almost mind-blowingly uh, detailed place, just almost mind-blowingly full of amazing places. Just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to, to get a full appreciation for that. Uh, now, one thing that's not uh, really included in this book, uh, or I, maybe another way to put it, is these are still paper-bound books. Uh, and you were yeah. telling me that, that that was important to you. Yes, I've, I've been very resistant for many years. Um, I just bought my first. Uh, I just bought my first uh, smartphone only last week. Finally, finally bowed, <laughs> bowed to that. Yeah, I should have had it ages ago. Trouble is, I'm always on the smartphone now. I've, I I realise why I didn't buy it before. Um, eventually, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's already wrecking you. Oh no, <laughs> maybe it's my age. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm very resistant to modern technology. Mm. Um, probably the main reason I keep with with uh, with um, physical books. First of all, I just like the feel of a book in my hand. Mm-hmm. But also an e-book, if you're reading an e-book, you're more likely to take it with you and you're more likely to take it on the trail and then you're more focused on reading the e-book rather than actually, you know, or doing other things on your phone rather than mm-hmm. actually putting the book down because it's too heavy and actually going out and exploring the city. So you're saying this is homework. This is stuff you should do this before be you go. This should at home before you go. Of course, you can photocopy, quietly photocopy a few pages <laughs> if you want. But the idea is that a big book in your hand is less, is less convenient than having your phone in your hand and it's mm. just too distracting. So, so you're having, saying you're saying that you don't think that uh, people should have really anything between them and what they're visiting. Well, not if they really want to understand it. Mm. Yeah. Um, in the same way that, that, that when you have a phone in your hand, you have Google Maps or you have your mm. own uh, map app in your book, and then you're more likely to be using the map and uh, you know type in your destination and then just be following the map, following the the, the the phone around with your with your eyes buried in the phone rather than looking out and exploring. And and part of the fun of exploring really should be getting lost. You know, you're following the books and yeah, you're going to get lost a few times, but that's part of the exploration. Mm. When you have a GPS. Uh, um, app in your uh, phone when you have a map in your phone and you're 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 following the way to a G, to a to a point in the map um, you're following the way to a point on the uh, a phone mm-hmm. um, you're basically just 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 following it and there's no there's no sense of exploration there's no sense of doing it yourself you're just following you're just following a route that's print that's uh, that's that's on the phone for you and you're not thinking about it I and think that's another thinking. big thing you're not involved in the local environment at all right you're, you're buried again and you're buried in your technology. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if if you don't have that map, you really have to notice that feature over there, remember it, engage with it a little bit, yeah. and so it it really changes your frame of reference. Well, exactly. And you explore more, you get lost, you explore, you you're more involved in what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually I think that this book uh and it, it's it's going to sound like I'm I'm just going out of my way to just plug it, but I actually really mean this. 
Uh, it, I feel like this book is honestly the perfect book for somebody like me because I just visited Tainan recently mm. and I, I, I left my apartment or I left my hotel room and I was kind of wandering around and I was like, okay, you know, this city has so much history. I should go to one of the old buildings. I walk up to one of the old buildings and, you know, all of the, the English signs uh, really don't give any context or whatsoever no. and you don't, you don't get any of a feel for it. And I kind of wander around the old building for a couple of minutes and I just, I think to myself, okay, I... I was hoping I would connect with this old building, and I'm feeling nothing. I've, time for me to head to a bar. You know, I gave right. up really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so the idea here really is to give somebody something meatier to latch onto so they can make more of a connection uh, than I was able to make. Exactly. It, yeah. Well, there, there's a specific problem with Tainan. Um, it tends not to reveal its secrets to someone that comes just for the day. And mm-hmm. I have exactly the same feeling when I was there. Yeah. You have to learn more about the background. And um, In Taiwan, the best way is to know somebody who lives there and spend some time there and mm-hmm. take you to the out and, out and back places. Mm. But um, yes, um, really with the, the book, the idea is to give you some background so you can understand and uh, appreciate more about, uh, about the background of what you're seeing. Uh, so instead of just seeing a building, you're seeing a building with history that's been modified over the many over the over the over the centuries mm. that's had uh, you know uh, some of the buildings in Tainan especially the temples have had uh, monumental events very important events in Taiwan's history have happened in them so once you know that then it's more than just a, a building than an attractive temple with with lots of beautiful colorful decorations and, and people going about their business it has a, a background it has a story behind it mm. which is what you really need to understand and appreciate it Right. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we just got a couple of quick uh, pieces of business to attend to before we go. Uh, so uh, um, among the many uh, contributions that you have made uh, to Explorers of Taiwan, let's just remind uh, our listeners very quickly, uh, is uh, a certain Facebook group that uh, helps people get out there and uh, explore Taiwan as well. Could you tell us about that? Mm, yeah, I, I run a group called uh, Taipei Hikers. Uh, we take people uh, voluntarily, all the trips are free, out on uh, day trips, uh, mostly hikes, but uh, during the summer, uh, as in the summer heat now, a lot of river tracing, trips to waterfalls where you can go swimming. Um, we do those most weekends. We've got about uh, 12 or 14 leaders that take anyone, anyone that's welcome and uh, anyone is welcome as long as they're fit enough to join us on some of the higher trips, you know, mm. a certain level of experience. Mm. And we welcome, uh, we welcome all walkers and explore them, not, explore not only Taiwan, um, but also occasionally abroad. Hmm. Very yeah. cool. So that's one way to get involved. And uh, before I let you go, uh, just want to let our listeners know that uh, you actually are leaving the country uh, between June and August. You are going to go on a very long hike uh, in the UK. Yeah, I'm going to start a, um, a walk across England from uh, Dover, which is in the southeast corner of uh, England, all the way up to Durness and Cape Roth at the northwest tip of Scotland. It's a three-month walk, 1,200 miles, uh, in aid of charity. One of the mm. charities will be in England, and the other one will be a charity called the Pax Sanctuary mm. up in Sanjur, uh, in Taipei, New Taipei City, and they look after abandoned animals, abused animals. Mm. And if uh, folks want to learn more and contribute, where do they go to learn that? The easiest first place to go is to go to my Facebook uh, group, uh, Taipei Hikers. Mm. Uh, During the walk, I'm going to be giving regular, I'm going to be posting regular updates and regular links to the blog and the other Facebook uh, page that I have directly uh, linked to the, to the, to the trek. Mm. And there'll be uh, treks to help. There'll be details on how to, uh, how to um, uh, give donations if you'd like to, to either of those charities. Mm. All right. So uh, that's another thing for people to remember out there. Another way to get involved. 
Uh, getting back to the book again, uh, the name of the book is Taiwan 101 Essential Sites, Hikes, and Experiences on Ila Formosa. Folks out there can buy it at the Community Services Center website or their offices. Uh, it will also be available in a couple of weeks at uh, local bookstores such as Esleet and Caves. Uh, the man again is Richard Saunders, and uh, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. Taiwan Talk is ICRT's weekly interview segment, bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. You can catch it every Monday at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. right after the top of the hour newscast. Uh, You can also find the podcasted version, just like the one you just heard, uh, online at the ICRT website, on iTunes, uh, and the ICRT blog. Uh, If you do make your way over to the ICRT blog, please do leave a comment while you're there. We would love to hear what you have to say about uh, what we're talking about or to get just, you know, your thoughts on the show, anything like that. That is it for the show for today, though. Signing off from the ICRT studios, I'm Keith Manconi. See you next time.